You don't need a study to tell you that aging and fatigue go hand in hand. Nevertheless, my friends at Nutritional Therapeutics, makers of NT Factor, point to 16 studies all peer-reviewed and published in medical journals, showing that NT Factor can reduce fatigue, while at the same time, age-related changes in the cells are reversed. For 30 years, the makers of NT Factor have worked to improve our health spans by focusing on the mitochondria, the energy powerhouses of our cells. Their science shows that NT Factor, which I don't go a day without, and recommended by patients, improves our energy and prevents the deterioration that accompanies aging. They promise us that our day-to-day lives will be improved, and they keep proving it in studies that include placebo-controlled trials, both in academic institutions and in medical practices like mine. Now, through December 31st, get 20% off all NT Factor products with coupon code HOLIDAY20. Just go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Don't let tiredness and fatigue rob your senior years. Get 20% off site-wide now with coupon code HOLIDAY20 at ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. For answering your questions, send them to questions at drhoffman.net. Alternatively, uh, during our radio program, you can call uh, 877-726-8255 or call anytime during the week and leave a message, and we'll read your question on the air and answer it during our weekly Intelligent Medicine Podcast radio program, our live show, um, which airs Saturdays from noon to two, but also becomes a podcast on Monday. So if you miss it, don't worry. You can listen to it in its entirety on Monday. Okay. Um, also, I want to let you know that uh, there's a very important free resource available to you. Uh, you can get my special report, Immunity Reset, a personalized plan to pandemic-proof your body and build resilience for a long, healthy life. Just go to DearHoffman.com. And click on the Read drop-down menu, and then click Immunity Reset. And there you have it. It's a very, very lengthy discussion of all the ingredients for immune resiliency. Yes, we're coming upon cold and flu season and all of that. So it's good to be ready. There are not enough vaccines in the world to prevent all forms of infectious disease misfortune. Thank heaven. <laughs> so, so, so you got you got to rely a little bit on your innate immunity. Exactly. Or whether, whether or not your 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 immune system might get bored and then start attacking itself. It's called the hygiene hypothesis. Yeah, absolutely. There yeah. might be something like that going on. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's take uh, some uh, questions. We've got an email from Bonnie. Your podcasts are an essential part in both my professional and personal education. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you so much for your excellent newsletter article about is cancer a fungus? And I discovered an updated version of a book by a Patrick Quillen about beating cancer, and he devotes an entire chapter on the subject of cancer and fungus, That and he's examining the link between yeast nutrition, and cancer. And uh, I was wondering, I I had not read any of this, but it's very interesting, the whole concept, that there there is a fungus present. Yeah, so far be it for me to say that that cancer is just a fungus. Yeah. And, you know, that we can 
give people intravenous sodium bicarbonate and get rid of the fungus and get rid of the cancer. Yeah. And that's actually what... Is that all it would take? Bicarb? I don't Apple know. Seltzer? I don't know how that could Baking be. Baking soda? No, intravenously. Intravenously. So not, a, not, a, not a great idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. Uh, sodium bicarb has a tendency to precipitate in your blood vessels, and that's not a good thing. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, anyway, there's a guy who went to jail. Uh, he was a proponent of this uh, viewpoint, uh, which was very eccentric. But uh, even the wackiest theories have some kernel of truth, and it appears that uh, certain cancers, uh, opportunistically, yeast may take advantage of the weakened resilience of the cells and colonize cells mm. uh, that are cancerous. Mm -hmm. And that uh, the prognosis of certain cancers is dictated by the degree to which they are uh, affected by fungal infection. That's so interesting. And so the, it opens the door to speculation that maybe, just maybe, uh, part of anti-cancer therapy might be to aggressively address these co-infections. Right. And what's also interesting is that even if patients don't have cancer, assaying their blood for certain fungal species called liquid biopsy, yeah. maybe a way of detecting cancer. In other words, wow. you don't detect the cancer, you detect the fungus that yes. is present in the in, in the yeah. scenario of cancer. That's what they're speculating on. It's a it it may be a dead end, but it certainly is interesting. That's very interesting. But I'm I'm not into some wackadoodle theories that, oh, you know, all you need to do is uh you know, treat the fungus and uh, right. cure cancer. Right, right. I've heard a doctor say, don't remember his name offhand, that prostate cancer is a fungus more than anything. My question is, because we, in the role of biology and nature, in nature, funguses, bacteria are called upon by nature to help with the decomposition of, for example, a tree. Right. So why is the fungus there in the setting of cancer? Is it there to perform a role? And but it can be opportunistic too. Yeah. It can things can get out of hand. Mm -hmm. So it's right. So it, you know, it, who it, knows what we're going to know in about thirty or fifty more years? Right, and and about all you know things that, that we laughed at. Sooner. You know, mm -hmm. we may come to accept. So yeah. I mean, I I did that as kind of an exercise in. Let's think out of the box. Yeah. Let's keep an open mind in, you know, there's no such thing as settled science. Never. And uh, Never any such we have to open ourselves to a variety of prospects. Yeah. Uh, the other thing notwithstanding is that uh, fungal infections play a large role in other diseases. Uh, so, you know, this so-called yeast connection, uh, oh, yeah. which can be very debilitating and devastating. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, patients who've undergone lots of antibiotic therapy, like Lyme disease, yes. they may have yeast problems that we have to clean up before mm -hmm. they get well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. We've got an email from, from uh, Mary. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. Thank you for offering this wonderful free service. I'm an active 73-year-old male. And, and But it comes from By Mary. By the way, I coined, okay. a, I coined a phrase. Hmm. It, knowledge is free. But yes. you have to pay attention. But you have to pay. Yes. That's how what you have to pay attention. is attention. There you go. Not coin. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm concerned about my ferritin status. I'm 73 years old. The reference range at Quest Labs is between 24 and 380. 
And I've been for testing what? my for levels what? for ferritin. For ferritin. For ferritin. Right. And I've had many tests. Uh, the results of six tests were at or below 24, and the highest was 34. I've had a GI workup. Everything upper lower has been inspected. Everything is just fine. I visited a hematologist and was told to ignore these results. Right, because it's yeah. it's in the normal range. Uh, so, what is yeah. the status of this person? Uh, she, she's, uh, she's seventy-three year old 70, male. Male takes Dilantin, Synthroid, Crestor, Zedia, but is very concerned with this. Well, very I low think Zedia is something that can sometimes interfere with absorption. Mm. Uh, yeah. Dilantin, probably not. Yeah. Uh, Crestor, probably not. Uh, Synthroid. Uh, Synthroid, probably not. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know what this person's diet yeah. is like. Well, he also wants to take a supplemental iron, but his doctor is saying no because that could be too much iron right. around your organs. Yeah, I mean, generally, uh, you may experience some mild degree of fatigue when you're uh, yeah. even in the low normal range. Mm -hmm. So I, I would do it with diet. Absolutely. What you want to do is you want to eat more heme sources, heme food sources of iron. We're talking about red meat. We're right. talking about dark meat poultry, the thigh, the leg, mm -hmm, the drumstick, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about egg yolks. We're talking about organ meats, right. such as liver. Yep. Loads of iron there, right. as well as vitamin A, which is good for you too. So, but he's still having a hard time accepting these test results because they're so low. And you know, we do need a ferritin. And he doesn't take aspirin. Because yeah, uh, aspirin yeah. can sometimes cause a slow leak. And the other thing to yeah. check for is just make sure you don't have uh, hemorrhoids because right. uh, hemorrhoids... He's had a GI workup up and down. So they no say... No abnormalities. Okay. Okay. Everything even, was checked but out. But even sometimes, you know, they say, yeah. well, you know, it might, an overlooked thing is... And you, you should have a GI workup if you have low sure. iron yeah. or anemia. Certainly yeah. you should have it. doesn't have uh, anemia, just the slow ferritin. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just a... It's, it's a, a lot of women... Walk around with that for you know forty years during yeah. their menstrual period, yeah. me menstrual history, yeah. uh, and they're fine. You know they're mm -hmm. relatively fine. Um, you know, if should certain symptoms arise, you know, like hair thinning uh, or sleep problems, sometimes hypothyroidism is a big one. And cognitive you know what? problems. We thought until I read at the Institute for Functional Medicine. We thought a ferritin of about 70 would be enough to support thyroid function. Oh. It's 100. Oh, seriously? It's 100. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until recently. That's I said, oh, I've been saying, okay, your ferritin's not terrible at 40. we got to bring it to 70. I didn't know iron is, iron, is, iron is like optimal. Okay, okay. Well, okay, but then, you know, the concern, too, is, you yeah. know, too much iron is bad for you. Uh, now, point, uh, he's already on Synthroid, which is interesting. Okay, he does have So does the hypothyroidism mm -hmm. have to do with the right. ferritin? It's a question. Right. So I will tell you, know, from personal experience, and, and you know, forgive me if I bore you because I may have told this story before, but uh, I broke my leg in 2000. I actually broke my hip. It was a high femoral yes. fracture. It was very devastating. It was a bike thing. Yeah. And uh, between the fracture where there was a lot of bleeding into the leg and the surgery where there was more bleeding, I came out with half my blood counts. So I, was, yeah. I went from a 45 to like a 23 in, in, a, in my hematocrit. And wow. so they, they said, you know, they were on the verge of transfusing me, but they said, look, you know, you're a pretty healthy guy, um, and we don't want to mess around because who knows what pathogens could be lurking in the blood transfusion. We would only do it if it was like a super emergency or it was life-threatening. Life yeah. So you'll be okay. But I was weak as a kitten afterwards. Sure. And they said, you got to start taking iron pills. 
So, but at the same time, I was taking pain pills, which make you constipated. I was having a yeah. lot of trouble, frankly, maneuvering my body onto the toilet seat. Absolutely. And when I took the iron pills, it made the constipation worse. Oh, forget about so it. You're I adding said, insult to injury. So I said, forget the iron pills. Yeah. I'm going to do this with diet. So what I did is I, I told my relatives, because I, I was confined Bring me liver. <laughs> right. Bring me liver. Bring, bring me, me lamb chops. Bring me... <laughs> so bring me, you know, right. souffloki, you know. Yes, 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 yes. You know, uh, and, and I concertedly ate red meat, organ meat. Good, good. And within two months, I was up to a 38. And within Fantastic. four months, which is the lifespan of a red blood cell, I was normal. That's pretty good. Normal. Yeah. Okay. That's very resilient. Well, yeah. you were already healthy to begin with. Well, it, it has to do yeah. with the relative youth. I mean, I was in my 50s. And uh, also uh, the something called erythropoietin, which is the thing that stimulates the production of red blood yes. cells. Yes, yes, And yes. I, I obviously had healthy levels because yeah. I have good kidney function. So kidney function, erythropoietin, mm -hmm. that helped. Right. Anyway, so that it can, you can do it. You can do you it. You can do it. Do it with diet, absolutely, to bring your ferritin up. In addition, I would have you, I would have Mary, uh, take some vitamin C Wait, you with said these that, high iron You meals. said it was a male. It's a male, but it's this email comes from Mary. So that's how I'm answering it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to get, this is a little gender dysphoria that yeah, we're having no, here. Well, well, no. Wait. Could be that Mary's identifying as a male. What are when, their, what when are they, when they wrote this email? What are their pronouns? I don't know. It oh, doesn't okay. say, but I'm, I will call them they. So. No, it's actually interesting. Apropos of that, there was a very interesting uh, presentation uh, at the American Nutrition Association uh, of a, it was a case study uh, of a trans male to female mm -hmm. uh, who decided at the age of 54 that formerly he wanted to become she. Yeah. And, you know, what they, so they, they went through it and what they found is that a lot of the bad symptoms this person was having uh -huh. uh, were alleviated by a better diet. Oh, uh, wow. That so there was a place for that even in the complicated world of transitioning. Yes, that diet. There's can't always make a, a place for diet. Yeah, yeah. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. No matter and, what you're doing, and even and the diet even affected the disposition of the hormones. And sure. you know, uh, I didn't think that the proper hormone therapy was get, being given anyway. Yeah. that was another point. Ah, okay. um, but you know, uh, this person was just pretty feeling pretty unhealthy and uncomfortable with the transition yeah. and the diet made a difference. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Take some vitamin C with your lamb for chops for, with your, for, for the absorption. You want that. You know, put some lemon juice on your spinach too. You're not getting a whole lot of iron from your spinach because of the phy phytates. Yeah, that's the, the phytic acid. It's a fiber it's, that binds minerals. Like so this iron. thing with Popeye, you know, it's like yeah. Popeye, you know, open the can of spinach and then he beat up Bluto and yep. saved olive oil. Yeah. But it's the, we think it's the iron yeah. in the spinach. Actually, it's the nitric oxide ah. in the spinach that made him so mighty. I am what I am. I am what I am. <laughs> I am what I am. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mary, for your very thoughtful question. This comes from John, Dr. Hoffman, and Layla. To get enough omega-3 without using fish oil or fish, I plan on using flax seeds, hemp seeds, and chia. I know the conversion from ALA to DHA EPA is low. Mm -hmm. So do you think this is a viable alternative to mm -hmm. fish oil? Mm -hmm. And if so, how much of each seeds would be needed to meet a daily requirement? John, the trouble is 
70% of us humans lack the enzyme to do that conversion right. well. Or it's or it's very weak. It's very, very weak. Right. We can't have you having a bushel mm-hmm. of these seeds without blowing out your colon. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Well, so, or anything else, or causing discomfort. There's a little bit of a, uh, I hate to use the word racial, because I think the notion of races is a little obsolete, but there's a little bit of a, a geographic distribution to the, uh, the the conversion enzyme, which I believe is, uh, okay. I think it's uh, delta-6 desaturase. Uh, and, you know, I can look that up and you know, apply a correction next yeah. week if, if that's wrong. But um, the... It, it turns out that people from Nordic climates who subsisted on a lot of omega-3 rich fish, you know, like the Inuit, you know, mm-hmm. as, they don't yes. need that enzyme because they don't need to convert it. So if right. you take somebody from, I don't know, Barrow, Alaska, and you move them to Palm Beach, yeah. and they decide they want to become a vegan... Yes. Uh, they could be in trouble because they no don't ha- they don't have that. Right. However, people equatorial regions, mm-hmm. or if their ancestors were from equatorial regions, they have a little more robust enzymatic activity mm-hmm. to convert the ALA alpha linolenic acid yes. into EPA. EPA. DHA. Right. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is it's a little bit of use it or lose it. So when we're oh, yeah, not, if you're an Eskimo Inuit. Not using the enzyme, yep. there's no reason for that enzyme to be made. If you're not taking in dairy products anymore, your GI tract is not going to make lactase anymore. You can cause lactose intolerance by completely giving up dairy for a couple of months. And there's a word for it in uh, biochemistry. It's, it's, a, it's what's called a facultative enzyme. In other words, yeah. it's there if you continue to use it, uh-huh. but if you don't use it, it kind of diminishes it in diminishes, power. Right, yeah. right, right, right. I mean, this is how elegant our bodies are metabolically. Yeah. It uses what it needs. It makes mm. what it needs to use. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, when it's not, you know... Rises to so the occasion. Much, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Rises to the occasion. So, John, we couldn't say how much. It really is a matter of the conversion, but... Well, is talk- this guy a vegan? Because if he's a vegan, he can take... say. He, he just can take wants plant-based to get uh, DHA. Algae. Yeah. You could take algae. Vital nutrients makes one. Right. Vital yeah. nutrients makes an algae, mm-hmm. which is a vegan supplement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that delta-6 desaturase pathway also relies on you getting other good nutrition. B vitamins, magnesium. Zinc, I believe. Amino acids. Zinc mm-hmm. is a big one. So, And all of that kind of re- requires a little more on the protein side if we're looking for I think for damaged zinc, by alcohol, for... damaged by adverse yes. things, inflammation. Yes, 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 right. yes, so... All right. Well, John, good luck with that. But look for the algae omega-3 source. You may be quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. And hey, we have time for another question. Okay. This is this comes from Fran. I eat a big salad every day with a big variety of raw vegetables. Beautiful. Everybody should do that every day, Fran. I'm so glad you do. My go-to greens are baby spinach, arugula, and kale. I heard that we should not be eating spinach and other high oxalate vegetables every day due to their impact on mineral absorbability and especially if we have osteoporosis even if we've never had kidney stone problems what are your thoughts on this if you have a healthy microbiome and you have enough oxalobacter formagenes i mean forget the kidney stone thing but that will tell you if you're prone to kidney stones your microbiome needs yeah maybe needs more yeah. more of that. But in people who do have kidney stones, we might suggest see the, it, it, the problem with oxalic 
oxalate, oxalate is yeah. not so much that it is um, uh, it's something that it is a chelator of minerals. Yes. It's that in and of itself, it can contribute to oxalate yes. deposition in your kidneys exactly. and in your joints. Right. So right. some people are very prone to that genetically mm -hmm. or, or microbiome-wise. Yeah. Oxalate otherwise wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who can't drink tea or eat spinach because they get a kidney stone. And others of us can have all kinds mm -hmm. of... Mm -hmm. it, it depends on your microbiome. More and it depends anything. on perhaps other genetic factors. True, yeah. true. Yeah. I, Fran, I wouldn't shy away from spinach or anything like that. But it's nature's argument, again, to always have variety diversity, in the diet. Diversity. Have different kinds of lettuces. Have dandelion mm -hmm. greens to change that out with the spinach if you're right. concerned. Right. I mean, you know, it's yeah. you want to you want a great variety, and you always want to aim for five colors in your produce every day. You want the orange of your carrots, the red of your tomatoes, or the red peppers, the green of the peppers as well. I did purple want the cauliflower the, last night. Oh, purple Pur cauliflower, very cool. purple cabbage, otherwise called red cabbage, mm -hmm. red onion, which is kind of a purple onion. The black of your blackberries, the blue of your blueberries, mm -hmm. all of these. You want five colors you every know, day in your produce. You know who would it's love, beautiful to look at. Would love hearing yeah. that is uh, mm. Deanna Minich. Oh, and Deanna yes. Minich is she's a brilliant she's woman. Wonderful. Uh, and PhD just, nutrition. And and a mm -hmm. brilliant artist as well. Oh really? So she's really all about color. And she yeah. uh, color she must be one of these people who has like a like a hyper sense for color and mm. she she reflects it in her art but she also reflects it in her uh discussion of fresh fruits and vegetables yes uh with a but with a it's not a uh you know like a uh, hippy dippy kind of thing it's with very scholarly uh references yeah. to back up what she's talking about mm -hmm. so uh she'll be a guest on the program uh, in January. terrific so. terrific she's given Wonderful lectures at medical conferences mm -hmm. and everything. I love her work. Yeah. yeah. So, Fran, eat, eat all of your vegetables and aim from now on in that beautiful salad you make every day for five colors. You get all the antioxidants and polyphenols and the phytochemicals and all of the above. I just said a little bit Fabulous. redundant there, but you want five colors a day. Okay. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. I uh, just want to mention... Uh, that uh, when we talk about uh, supplements, uh, well, uh, there's a source for them, and it's drhoffmanstore.com, and there you can uh, get access uh, to uh, my full script dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements. Yes. And some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. That's true. And You're not going to find these at your... Health food, your regular health food store. And you prescribe via full script. I prescribe yes. via full script. Not only that, we take, we get our supplements from full script. Absolutely. I, and, you know, yep. I, I take, yep. you know, those, those products and mm -hmm. uh, you can get fast free shipping. Yep. And, uh, or if you want optional refill reminders via text or email. And those, they have mm -hmm. world class customer service. They really, really do. Yep. So that's all she wrote for today. Thank you very much, <laughs> Layla. And um, thank you, everybody. Remember, questions at drhoffman.net to send your questions. We always look forward to them. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 
follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover intelligent medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com.